Welcome to the Women's Wisdom, Our Journey in Emergency Medicine podcast, a production of the Women in Emergency Medicine section of the American Academy of Emergency Medicine. Join Dr. Molly Estes as she's joined by prominent women in emergency medicine and other special guests. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Women's Wisdom Podcast. My name is Molly Estes. I'm clinical faculty at Loma Linda University in Southern California, and joining me today... I'm Liz Calhoun. I am an attending physician at Mercy Fitzgerald Hospital in Darby, Pennsylvania. And we are very happy to have on our show today, Dr. Danielle Goodrich. So Danielle and I go way back to the dark days of residency. And she is the current chair of the Women in Emergency Medicine section. So we are very happy to have her on the Women in EM hosted podcast. Danielle, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Thank you both. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, I am an attending physician currently at the Los Angeles Medical Center, which is a Kaiser Permanente Hospital in um, Southern California and an assistant professor at the Kaiser Permanente Bernard Tyson School of Medicine. And um, as just mentioned, the current chair of the Women in Emergency Medicine section. And Danielle, you've actually done more than just chair the Women in Emergency Medicine section. You're former chair of the Young Physician section, former this, that, and the other, many, many different hats. How did you get so involved in AAEM? Um, I graduated residency with Molly from Stanford and found myself in a new city at a new hospital um, that didn't have uh, initially an academic affiliation. And so I was looking for a way to kind of stay involved in emergency medicine, keep up my skills, continue to network, um, and was looking to find my place. And I started with the young physician section and kind of rose up eventually to section chair and enjoyed my time there. Um, Also got involved with Cal AEM, so focusing on advocacy issues within my state Um, Got to meet colleagues who work around the corner for me, up and around the state, and hear about issues that really affect uh, my work environment. And um, as I, uh, I wouldn't say aged out, but kind of grew through uh, my time as an attending, I joined uh, the women in EM section and um, have loved it and have been there ever since. What motivated you to run for the section chair position of women in AEM? So um, I had been involved for a few years doing um, certain things like um, kind of working on our section events at Scientific Assembly, uh, trying to host our luncheons and our meetings, um, and kind of learned a little bit more about the section and really just wanted to play a bigger overall role um, in bringing people together and creating new programs, Um, especially um, interested in bringing in everyone, but specifically women who may be working in hospitals or communities where they don't have an academic affiliation or don't have a section that they can go to somewhere where we can connect people and all of their interests whether it's advocacy, education, leadership, mentorship, um, women's rights issues. I think that um, I really just want to get more people involved and help people find a community like I did. 
I think that's a really great in a nutshell summary of what the guiding goals and dreams of the women in EM section both started out to be and what it is in its current rendition. Really just us trying to push our issues forward and also create a community for so many of our members. Um, Danielle, could you speak just a little bit to some of the key topics um, that might be more specific to women in our specialty, um, key topics that you are passionate about and are near and dear to your heart? There's so many, um, but I think that um, first and foremost, mentorship is really important. And mentorship, like for me, um, goes a very long way. I see colleagues of mine who are young in their careers, who are leaving emergency medicine, who are having difficulty navigating like work-life balance. And so, you know, mentorship, I think, takes on this bigger role. And it's not just necessarily um, what next stage of your career or, um, you know, ranking in your department. Um, it's how to connect with others in order to balance your life, find well-being, and really stay passionate about emergency medicine. And so I think that's a big issue that drives me right now. Um, and another one is kind of women's rights issues. So um, issues like infertility, again, burnout, reproductive rights. Um, I think that um, we need to be a voice for women um, wherever they are in their trajectory um, to ensure that um, they have the resources they need and um, access to care. Work-life balance is such an important thing. And yet so many of us are so bad at finding that balance. And I think that's why we're seeing a lot of early burnout in our specialty. How do you stay balanced? And what would you tell everyone else has really worked well for you and keeping you strong? So I would say that it's a day-to-day -day thing for me. Um, some days I do it better than others, but I have some pretty core things in my life that I know that when I do it, um, I I feel centered. Um, so something that I picked up during the pandemic was journaling. Um, and I like to journal at the end of my day. Um, and I really find it as a release. It allows me to like reflect upon my day, but it also kind of, I feel like it gives my brain a chance to clear it with knowing that it will be there when I go back to it. So I don't have to like persevere on something or I don't have to think about it when I'm trying to sleep. It's like there on paper. And if I ever needed it, which in three years, I haven't gone back and looked, but maybe in the future, you know, it'll be important to me to, to look back. So um, journaling for me has been um, really soothing and good for me and exercise. Um, I um, have developed a, kind of exercise routine and it really involves like trying to get out and seeing some sunlight or doing something um you know exercise related but fun like a hike I just recently got into boxing and that's a really great way to let out some steam um and so sometimes it's hard you don't want to wake up early before shift or do it after shift but I always I feel better having done it. And so I, um, I remind myself that, you know, keep doing it. Now I'm going to freely throw you under the bus just a little bit because I've seen your Peloton sweater like many, many times. Um, mm -hmm. speak to your Peloton habit. Um, 
yes, I'm a big Peloton supporter and I got into indoor cycling a bit before the pandemic, but when everything closed down, I invested in one and um, I love to bike and I love to listen to music and I just find just kind of like journaling. It's a way for me to get out of my head and release some tension and it is like spiraled into a little bit of um, treadmill and strength. And so um, doing some good for myself while um, also helping with my my mental health. See, I'll, I'll, I'll help you toot your horn uh, even, even if you don't want to. See, again, I go way back. So now... One of the things that you mentioned earlier um, as a reason for getting more deeply involved in AAM was as a way to stay connected to a more academic community. Now, you've got a little bit of a unique background and perspective compared to many people that we've had um, on our podcast in that you don't work at a strictly traditional academic site. You're at a community hospital, um, non-university affiliated, and yet you are affiliated with a school of medicine. Um, tell us a little bit about how that's impacted your career journey, how that impacts your clinical to education teaching balance. Just tell us more about that. Um, yeah, so I work in a department, um, in the emergency department that doesn't have a residency-based um, and is now affiliated with a new medical school um, in Southern California. And so, um, you know, when I started, you know, I found that um, it was really hard to stay up to date on the literature, to, to hear about the new things going on. And re I really took that upon myself to be that leader for my department. And now I oversee the CME, the journal club forward on my department, which allows me to stay up to date, but allows my colleagues as well. And now that we we do have medical students in our department, um, it's even more important um, for our teaching to continue that education for ourselves so that we can be better teachers for our students. And so um, now I regularly have uh, medical students, which is exciting as well as difficult, um, but I enjoy it and I think they enjoy it as well. As someone who also works in a hybrid academic community department. I know that I had a lot of trepidation coming to an environment like this um, since I was in a straight up community site without teaching right out of residency. Do you find that there is anything that you wish it was a little different in your department or is there anything that you miss from residency from an academic site, or do you truly think it's the best of both worlds? I, I do think that um, it's hard sometimes to balance the, like the demands of the department as well as teaching. And I do wish we had a little bit more protected time um, to do that teaching, but I do, um, as well teach certain parts of the curriculum at the medical school, which kind of gives me that ability to just focus on teaching um, uh, on certain days and then mixing teaching with patient care. But I think um, kind of just remembering that they're students, they're here to learn and giving them the opportunity to ask questions. And, and I think there's also something valuable for watching 
um, like see one, do one, teach one. Um, I have watched my students um, kind of follow this trajectory and been really impressed with um, how much they've picked up. How did you get involved in teaching in the medical school? Was that just a natural segue from taking on students in the department or was there more to it than that? So when I started in my department, there was um, no one really interested, not too many people interested in ultrasound and not too many people using ultrasound regularly. So um, I took it upon myself to start um, teaching my colleagues, doing refresher series, also working um, with the various residents within the hospital itself in different residencies, teaching some ultrasound um, and so when the and like procedure skills, and so when the time came at the medical school, it felt like a very natural progression to continue to to teach um, really the hands-on skills, ultrasound and procedures um, with the students. So in this hybrid model that you've managed to basically carve out for yourself. Um, what are some of the high points of it? And what are some of the low points for, for anybody out there debating community versus academic? You've got a little bit of a unique perspective and that you kind of sort of do both. So pros and cons for me. I do think I have really the best of both worlds. I do love working in kind of a hybrid community um, department where much of my time is um, independent, um, but it also gives me a little bit of time to do teaching as well. And um, having both of those is a really great way to to break up the week or break up the month and having both perspectives. I would say it has been difficult um, at times to really manage um, both at the same time. Often um, there's uh, like more teaching or certain days that I have to be at the medical school, which can interfere sometimes with shift work, um, working late shifts and then being up early at the medical school. And so um, that can be tricky, but I would say planning in advance and trying to um, kind of work my schedule around those dates to make sure I can do both has been, has made, uh, made it a little bit easier to, to try to do it all. Planning in advance more than just five minutes? What? <laughs> Got a crazy organizational skill of this. As we close out this interview, um, Dr. Goodrich, to all of our listeners out there who are not involved in the Women in EM section or maybe are involved but want to, or maybe are members but want to get deeper involved in either specific committees or as part of the board, how would they go about doing that? We would love for everyone and anyone to get involved and whatever your interests are, we definitely have a place for you. So um, join our My AAM page on the AAM website to stay in touch with us about what's going on. We also have a section newsletter that goes out. So keep an eye out for our activities. Um, if you're interested in joining a working group, we have working groups that focus on leadership, advocacy, and education. They are working on various different projects. And so if one of those is your passion or there's a certain interest you have in mind, um, feel free to reach out to us or join one of our interest group. Um, we have a um, social media 
section that we are working to build up. And so if you love social media, you're particularly good at making TikToks or reels or whatever the fun things are these days, we would love to have you on our team. And again, I really want to emphasize that we are here for everybody. Um, we know that a lot of different people have a lot of different interests, ideas, um, things that are important to them, um, community, academic, hybrid, maybe a non-traditional urgent care, you know, whatever it is your passions are, we have other members who have similar interests and we would love to hear from you and get you involved. So um, please reach out to myself, to a working group leader, um, the contact information's on our website, as well as um, on our um, newsletter. So um, we would love to get you involved. Thank you so much for coming out and talking with us today, Danielle. It was great to get to know you a little bit better. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you guys. And to all of our listeners, we'll see you on the next episode of Women's Wisdom. Take care. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast from the American Academy of Emergency Medicine. AAEM is a nonprofit professional association of over 8,000 emergency physicians dedicated to board certification and democratic group practice. For more information about AAEM, visit our website at www.aaem.org. Find all episodes of this podcast and our other podcast series on the AAEM website under resources and then publications. Join us again next episode for a new journey through emergency medicine.